1: He's been a great champion, hasn't he? He is a great champion. Well, that ovation went on for about two minutes yesterday. That's Tiger Woods walking over that landmark bridge at St. Andrews at 18. Uh, Start of the day at 6 over, finished the second round at 9 over. Tears rolling down his cheeks as that applause uh, engulfs him. It was a very moving moment to me, Rick. Yeah. And it was also kind of the... I don't want to say the guy I played too long, but you know, like that's it, right? That's the Swan song.
2: It reminds you of that very same walk with Nicholas, with Palmer, and now with with Tiger Woods. You know, how long is too long? He look he Glenn he was in pain. It's not just the fact that uh yeah, you yeah. know, that the years are going by
1: yeah, you know he—he yeah, his aging was compounded by his injuries.
2: Absolutely, the uh, the traffic accident, you, you know, uh, took whatever comeback may uh, made that may have been in him. I think it's taken that away. Um, but to watch and then to listen to the words yesterday, you know, St Andrews is probably after Augusta is probably Woods is. Second favorite course in the world. Won it twice there, right? I yes, think
1: 2000, twice. 2005, something
2: like that. Yeah, he loves that place, um, and like you said, the the warmth uh, of the ovation. Uh, but simply from an athlete's point of view, you know, to 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 know. I mean, he missed the he didn't miss the cut by a stroke or two, Glenn. No. I mean, I mean, you just mentioned it, nine over. Yeah. Where the, where the leaders are, what, 13 under? Uh, something like that.
1: Something, yeah, yeah. And, Double and digits. We're going to see the same thing, not well, more or less, this week when Albert Pujols makes his appearance in the, well, the home run derby, which is whatever, a little awkward, I think. He's got six home runs this year. But in the All-Star game, and it's the same kind of thing where, I, Rick, I don't begrudge a guy for staying. Um, there's a great line that Jim Bouton once had. I, I don't know if it was in Ball Four, or one of his other books, but he said, "All those years, I felt that I was gripping the baseball. At the end, I realized it was the other way around." Yeah. It, it it's it's if I could do that, right? If you had that skill, to be to play to be playing at St. Andrews, right? To be playing in front of a crowd of people in Major League Baseball, to be hitting. What does he have? Six hundred eighty five. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you don't want to let go of that until you have to, right?
2: It, it's hard. It's got to be tremendously difficult. Uh, and I've gotten to know Albert Pujols a little bit over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, he is back with the Cardinals. A lot of people were critical of him when he signed that big money deal. And how foolish does that look, the, uh, the deal that yeah. Artie Moreno and the Los Angeles Angels yeah. signed him to? Uh, they paid him for what he did exactly. with the, for, the, for the Cardinals all these yes. years. But he is back with the team, you know, uh, from which he first got to the major leagues and became the great Albert Pujols. And it's symbolic, I think, Glenn, that he is in the home run derby. He is of the active players, obviously number one with 685. Everyone else is uh, is retired or no longer with us on that list. But it's almost the passing of the, of the torch because you you've got a young Dominican kid. In the in the uh, Seattle center fielder Julio Rodriguez, that's competing against him in this competition on Monday night. So it's it's really the old guard passing the torch to the new guard. You know how do you say no to the home run derby for you, you know to a guy that has 685 right. home right. runs? Or the
1: and I think that uh, listen, I don't like Rob Manfred at all. But when he when he put um, him in the All Star game, yeah, along it's with like- Cabrera. Yeah, a long career, right? That's that's a career thing. Let me give you let me give you three amazing Albert Pool stats. This is courtesy of a friend of mine, Ryan Spader, who's on Twitter as the Ace of Spader. And he's just a stats guy, Rick. You should follow him. Yeah. All right. Number one, Albert Pool has a hit off of 10% of all of the players in Major League history ever to throw a pitch. Wow. Ten
2: percent? Yes. <laughs> that's incredible.
1: Yes. Two. Uh, Albert Pujol, in his best offensive season, Ken Griffey had an OPS that was 71% above the league average, right? Um, Albert Pujols in his first 10 seasons with St. Louis, was 72% over, over a course of a decade. Wow. Wow. Uh, Number three, this one's not so positive, but Albert Pujols could have gone 0 for 598 when he left St. Louis for L.A. and still had a career batting average over 300. He's now at two ninety six. That's amazing. Which, which kind of reflects your Artie Marino points. <laughs> but I get. I, listen, I get that
2: guys can't give up.
1: I do. I. I, I don't begrudge.
2: Let, let me ask you this. Uh huh. It's public knowledge. I'm not breaking any news here. He went through a much publicized divorce during the lockout. Mm-hmm. It, it came to light after many many years oh, of, of yeah. marriage. Yep. You know it could. Could it be to a certain point that baseball is, and hanging on for one more year, is maybe his way of dealing with something? Oh, I
1: thought you were going to ask me another way. I know some guys who have decided not to retire because they're paying off divorces. I thought that's what you were saying. It was a money thing. I don't know. Maybe.
2: I if, No, I, I, so, the more, I don't even think. I think he's got enough money to settle with her. Yeah, you would and, think.
1: Yeah. Um, maybe. Again, for whatever reason, if you can do it and you don't want to give it up, I get it. I get it. Let's, uh, let's grab a call or two. Let's go to sure. Mike. Mike, you're on with Ricky Ricardo and Glenn Mack now. Good morning. Hello, Mike. And Hello. Mike. Oh, there you, you there? are. Hey, yeah, we got you. Hi, hey, Mike. Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, the last time I talked to you, Glenn, was about those uh, great players, Michael Martinez and Delman Young. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, You're making a, a list of
1: my least favorite Phillies.
2: I have a few things to say about the where baseball is going first with the automated strike zone I have a question they and uh, Aaron judge have the same strike zone Hello Rick did you get that i, uh, I he your dropped
1: phone out, is, but I, yeah you, yeah his phone is getting weird I gotta let him go but he basically um, said with the automated strike zone how do you account for the disparity of size well, specifically it, Aaron judge
2: from what i'm told the technology is much like the uh, the shot thing that they have in tennis which uh, adjusts itself to the batter in his crouch so no the, it's a it's obvious look it's going to be the letters to the knees it's what it's supposed to be glenn uh from the letters to the knees corner to corner of the plate now the electronic strike zone will adjust, the framing of the strike zone will adjust once the batter is in his stance, in his whatever, if it's a crouch, whatever it may be. it's it, All you need is a split second when he is in that hitting position. The strike zone will be created by the electronic uh, device. So, no, it, 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 obviously it's going to be different. From the physical standpoint of an Aaron Judge as compared to a Jose Altuve. But in theory, the strike zone is the same. It's from the letters to the knees, corner to corner on the plate.
1: I'm assuming it, it uses a laser to quickly Correct. catch. You know, what what is it now? I mean, it used to be the armpits. What is it now? The letters? The waist? The letters. What's mm-hmm. the, what's, what is really the top of the strike zone?
2: You figure the top of the letters of the uniform, okay. that, right to the knees.
1: Okay. And uh, it seems... That doesn't seem hard to me. Uh, let's go to Rob in Doylestown. Morning, Rob. Morning, gentlemen. Ricky, we spoke about this on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for the record, Gene Walk wore number four. But uh, I got a feeling that Derek Call is going to develop into a very productive late bloomer who gets it all together just when the Phillies lose Harper. I really like the kid. I think he's got the right disposition for the town. I'd just put him at first and let him play. I'd bet against it. I hope I'm wrong, Uh, and he got another nice hit last night. He is a guy who came up. He turns 27 next week. I would go to expert witness Ricky Ricardo and ask you, Rick, generally, generally, what is the success rate of prospects who break into the major leagues around age 27?
2: Um, Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, In this particular case, in general, it's not a very high percentage. But here's my question here, and I'll ask both of you guys. I, I'm watching a lot of hauls at bats on an iPad as I'm calling a game, okay? Yeah. Is he this team's Darren Ruff?
1: As in Darren Ruff with the Phillies or Darren Ruff with the Giants?
2: No, as in Darren Ruff with the Phillies. Well, well, is, he, well
1: yeah, maybe because Darren Ruff was a flash in the pan.
2: Well, that, that's, my, but he's that, still that's playing. what I think is. He's still playing.
1: Yeah, okay. So if that and – I, and I actually like that comparison. And so, Rob, if he's Darren Ruff, what he is to me is a marginal major league guy who you have on the bench and every once in a while you platoon him and he'll come up with an occasional big hit. Do you see him as more than that?
2: I do, yes. Okay. I think he's well, going to develop. See, I, I, see so. I, I see a lot of Mike Epstein – Don Mincher, Wow. Okay. Jim Spencer, you're going, you're going Norm, way back in the day. Norm Cash,
1: wow, oh, I love Norm Cash. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's uh, you're you're going back in time there. Well, my friend. I
2: mean that the, the, those are the kind of guys that I kind of envision when I see him. Yeah, you know, I that occasional it. pop from the Walt left Walt side.
1: Droppo unavailable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a little before my time. Yeah, well, as long as we're going Ed, back, Ed, Ed, Ed Cranepool.
1: Who was the original Met, right? Yeah, they hung around forever. Well, there you go. You know what? Good recitation of old names. Uh, Greg in the Northeast is on with Ricky and Glenn. Hey, Greg.
0: Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jay. Ricky, how you doing, guys? Thank you you, for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, I have uh, actually, I think I have a really good take on the Flyers, to be honest. Um, Right now, the Flyers haven't been in a long time a blue collar fan base. It's organizational. It's organizations. Like, I want to know how many businesses own seats compared to the average family. Well, oh, hockey is a
1: high-end yeah. ticket, There's, and it, it is everywhere, because um, hockey doesn't get the TV contracts that the other sports get.
0: No, I mean, I understand that. But and then, like, okay, here we are. Hextal, Ke- he got us out of the Capel hell from Holcomb, the, mm-hmm. the contracts he gave out. And now we're right back in it with Fletcher, with Hayes, and Ellis. And JVR where the one time that, well, he even said they want to be, they need high-end talent, want to be contenders sooner rather than later. Yet the one player that was high in talent, he didn't go with her. Now you signed five free Bro, agents, what is, and agents. What does that
1: have to do with the, uh, the fan base, the, the, being a, um, an affluent fan base?
0: Oh, I was just—that was my first. thing. I just don't think that the Flyers are any longer a blue collar like, make-hard-working fan base. It's more. See,
1: I shows. well, I disagree with hard working you think because people make money, they don't work hard?
0: No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying I, I believe that the fans that are actually at the game are less likely to be the blue-collar, Philadelphia fan base that more than they're just tickets out. Okay,
1: this this is my thought, and thanks for the call. My thought overall, Philadelphia is not the blue-collar town it used to be. Philadelphia, the fan base is blue-collar in terms of its attitude. We expect our players to be blue-collar. This city, the economics of this city are far less blue-collar than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I I think, and Rick earlier said, it's a blue-collar town. I'm not speaking for you, Rick, but to me, when we say that, it's not that the average guy wakes up in the morning, gets a lunch pail, and go punches in, and works a line for nine hours. It's that that is the attitude we have ingrained in us as a city.
2: Correct. Uh, I I think the economics. It, it's not a factory, you know, ridden town. Uh, you know, it's, it's not as you mentioned. It's not what it was twenty thirty. You know, Pittsburgh. You know, it's not steel mm-hmm. mills anymore. Right. Uh, if things have evolved, but the mentality ingrained in our area it is a blue collar mentality of hard work and an honest day's pay for an honest day's work you know that still exists now does that fan go to nhl hockey not just in philadelphia anywhere around the country or or, or in canada that's a that's a completely different question that could yeah. be debated but uh you know, the the attitude is is what i agree with you uh, about the harlem
1: 215-592-9494. Ricky Ricardo, Glenn Mac now. Brian Westbrook coming up at 11 right here on 94 WIP.
2: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.